you're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. I got to admit, I've got a bit of a uh, a view of the sort of people that own reptiles. <laughs> well, you've been rather open with your contempt through the years, frankly. I well, found it shocking. And we were, and so my, my uh, was eight at the time, now nine year old, wanted to get um, some sort of reptile for his birthday, which was December 23rd. And uh, th- I think this was just, I think this just popped into his head when we were at the pet store. And we were at the pet store just like randomly. We went to Jamba Juice and there's the pet store next door. Hey, let's walk in and walk around. And he saw some reptiles and, and thought, oh, that's cool. And originally, we were talking about a, a chameleon or an iguana, some of the bigger, cooler things. But um Komodo dragon was mentioned at exactly, least once. Exactly, a T-Rex. Yes. <laughs> Crocodile. Uh, <laughs> um, it turned out um, a babysitter that he uh, adores, she grew up with a gecko and really liked geckos and did a little research. And uh, like chameleons and some of those other ones are pretty mean and bite and or don't care about people. And geckos, for some reason, kind of actually bond with people and they're gentle. So... Hmm. We we went down the gecko road. And they're excellent insurance salesmen. Exactly. Uh-huh. So I did a little research, found out a store that was good for it, went to the place that's all about selling various kind of reptiles, and everybody who worked there was straight out of, if you were going to make a sitcom <laughs> about people who work at a reptile store. Nice. The, where, the, the black jeans, you know, black t-shirt. Pale skin. Facial hair, the piercings, just, I mean, everything, the right. way they talked. It was just very, very nice. Couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have been more helpful. I mean, like, you. I wish every store I went to had employees as knowledgeable and caring about what they're selling. Well, they're enthusiasts, God, right? Like, I had one of those deals we were always mocking where I was looking, I was going to get a, I got to get a new TV. I figured out that what I was going to try to get for Christmas wouldn't work on my old dumb TV. I got no choice. I got to get a new TV now. So I go in and I'm asking a person some questions about the TV. Friggin' obvious, like within 30 seconds, this person has knows less than I do. And I've been and I've been thinking about this for a total of five minutes. This person knows less than I do about this TV. Right. Who's explaining to me the various things. Uh, read the tag to you. Reading the tag to me. God dang it. Kids out there. You know, I, I ran into this a lot during the break. Maybe I'm thinking about it because my kids are getting older. And then, you know, they're going to be heading into the workforce soon, and I want them to be successful. There's just, you, you run into young people, I think, you're going to be fine. You're going to struggle. You try at all at your job. It's not that hard. You work in the electronics department. When you're standing around, pick up one of the brochures and learn a little something about the freaking TVs. Mm. Or Google that once at home. Know <laughs> something about the products you sell. <laughs> I'm not working at home. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, come on, old man. Try to separate yourself a little bit from the other people you work with, so that you can move on. You're supposed to research it on the internet, then come in here and buy it, old guy. All right, That's fine. Flounder if you want. Google it. But I know what I'm teaching my kids. Stupid. Anyway, so I was at the reptile store, and these people like super knowledgeable, knew everything yeah. about what they were doing. I'll bet they get paid a real wage. Or, as my wife said, they're super into reptiles. Where else are they going to work? I don't know. They'd probably flip them a salamander once a month just for the effort. (laughs) Maybe they get free crickets. Because it turns out you got to have live crickets for a gecko. They'll only eat live crickets. The snobs, they won't eat them when they're dead. You know, when Caitlin, my eldest, was uh, young and, um, you know, we finally figured out she's on the autism spectrum. But it was a little tough to connect with her. And uh, one, one thing we always used to love to do together was go to the pet store and look at tarantulas. 
She's really into tarantulas. And I can't remember why we didn't get her a tarantula. I don't know if she even wanted one. I think she just liked to look at them and read about them and see them on the Internet. But I'm not sure if Judy put the kibosh on it or if we just never even tried. But, yeah, she loved that. I wish we had. Got her, like, half a dozen different kinds. And my son got so into this idea of getting a gecko. I mean, he was just thrilled about it. So we ended up going to the store and picking one out. Or I, I called hey, Before around we and... moved on to that, where does tarantula guy stand, like, next to snake guy? Pretty similar, isn't Oh, yeah. It? yeah I, I mean, virtually interchangeable. Yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah, okay. They right. hang. They All hang right. regularly. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. <laughs> um, so we, I, I called around to various places to try to find a guy. And then we wanted, this was $90. I, do I want to spend $90 on a gecko? I mean, we went through a few pets where... You know, the, the 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 infatuation with having the pet dies almost as quickly as the pet. <laughs> In terms of hamsters and guinea pigs and such. It's a race to the grave between the pet and the love of the pet. That's hurtful, but true. <laughs> Who, what will last longer, their interest in having fancy rats mm. or the rats? <laughs> <laughs> We've gone through a number of those, so I didn't want to really spend too much money on this. And they know what they're doing. I mean, it's true, but they got to sell you the tank and the water and the thing. And the next thing you know, you've spent 250 freaking dollars. Got to have a heater. Got to keep a consistent temperature. Yeah. Um, but so I called around to one place and they had a $20 gecko. And I thought, why, why are the other geckos $90 and this one's $20? And this one was a little gimpy. It had a gimpy leg. He said, it's fine. It's just for whatever reason, it's got one leg that doesn't quite work white and it walks a little funny. And I told my son that and he, he found that endearing. He liked the idea oh, of the yeah. kind of gimpy gimpy little gecko yeah i could see that uh, where a kid would think yeah that's the one i want to take care of sure compassionate boy nice Ge- spirit gecky is his name gecky the gecko <laughs> that sounds about right <laughs> uh so we got the 20 dollars gecko and uh, all the stuff and uh he's been he's been into it he's stayed with this longer than any of the other pets it's only uh-huh. been two weeks three weeks now but he's really into it and y- you have to start slowly with a reptile i don't know how reptiles bond with people at all given their brains but um, You're warm. They said, well, th- th- it seems pretty clear that Gecky knows Henry from, from the rest of us. Okay. Huh. And likes Henry and is kind of standoffish with they us. Got like a secret handshake or something? Or? <laughs> they talk at night. Or it might be the classic, and every pet owner f- falls for this. You're the one who feeds it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> which I use as a power play with Baxter. Every night I, rem- I remind him who's boss. He has to sit. I put the food in his bowl. I put the food in his toy because he gets half in the toy, so he has to work at it and the rest of it. You hump him? Put it put it over there. I lift what? up his tail. I hump him. <laughs> no, you sicko. No. I'm and, dominant here. And he, and he, <laughs> I'm the alpha. <laughs> See, I do this all so I don't have to hump him. That's <laughs> sure a lot faster. Then finally I give him his release, and he goes for the bowl. It's good. It's a reminder. Who's in charge? Huh? But, but do the same with my kids. Sit. <laughs> Even now they're adults. Sit. You got to roll over before you're going to get this sandwich. <laughs> Happy uh, Thanksgiving, kids. Sit. So you got to start really slow with the reptile for some reason and let them get used to you and they come out of their, their little fake rock castle thing a little bit and pretty soon they're coming out more often and that has happened. And then uh, over the weekend, uh, Henry came to me and said, I think Gecky and I have bonded. He came mm. out and he stared at me for a really long time. Ah. So I think we've bonded now. With those gecko eyes. Yeah, so he gets to take him out Looking every night. in two directions. Do they do that or is that just chameleons? I'm sorry. So now he takes him out, though? I haven't really looked at the eyes to figure out if they can look in different directions. I'll mm. have to give him a good look. 
But so now he's coming out of the cage? or Yeah, and he puts him on his arm, and Geki nice. walks up his arm and kind of stands there for a while and then walks back down his awesome. arm. They do that for a few minutes and then put him back in the cage and give him his crickets. Watching him eat the live crickets is a little uh, is a little exciting. Uh, we all enjoy that. Yeah. you yeah. got to put this, like, vitamin dust on the crickets so they're getting all their... You know, vitamins and minerals. Geckos right. in the wild don't have vitamin dust. Yeah, I don't understand Yeah, but that. they have other stuff. Yeah, but then they Presumably. wouldn't buy it for $20 a bottle or whatever. <laughs> there could be that. Yeah, yeah, that could be yeah, a factor. I think Gecky would be fine without <laughs> vitamin dust, but whatever. You'd hate to have him croak it. Have yeah. you uh, oh, yeah. brainstormed yeah. on catching your own crickets, setting up some sort of cricket trap in your uh, in your yard or something? Somebody did send a text today say said... Here's what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to start breeding your own crickets because you can't oh. be stopping at the pet store twice a week for live crickets, which already is its not a huge deal, but you do have to make a stop. So you have a cricket co- ranch. And they don't cost much, but they ain't free. Yeah, yeah. So, but now so I got another thing I'm raising. I'm, I'm breeding crickets in right. a different sort of right. terrarium and heat and dust well, and well, everything. they get hungry, too, so you got to start breeding bed bugs. <laughs> And the bug bugs need mites. Right. Oh, Lord. They're getting down to some molecular level. <laughs> Gross. Um, oh, but the, yeah, you put the live cricket in there, and it's amazing. I can't imagine how delicate the hearing must be of a gecko that it can hear a cricket walking around in its cage. Mm. But it comes out immediately and starts turning around, and I hear something. Runs over there, gobbles it up, the legs sticking out and squirreling around, and he swallows it down, runs back, and it's rock. <laughs> it only needs like two crickets a day to be full. Are these crickets chirping, though, constantly, and then there's just silence be- as each Crying one gets out, eaten? begging for life. These crickets, uh, well, it's got the little top hat and the cane, like Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> That's um, disturbing. <laughs> uh, no, they uh, these crickets don't seem to make any noise. They're, they're like tan-colored. They don't look like any cricket ever. Maybe they're just despairing because they were sold to be eaten, and their spirits are crushed. Maybe that's why they don't squeak. It does seem sort of weird to have a pet you feed other live beasts to. That's the first so. time I've ever I've gotten had. used to the idea. I, You know what? I have not had one. I don't think. Like, don't if you have so. a snake, don't you feed it, like, mice uh-huh. and rats? I couldn't do that. That's way too far up the sentient mammal scale. Well, maybe you don't want to come see my pet lion. They're, <laughs> they're not supposed to be live, I think, though, because they can oh, like, okay. claw and scratch the snake or whatever. Right, but because they're being killed. Yes, oh, yes. First, I got two big, oh, mealworms. They'll also, a gecko will also oh, yeah. eat mealworms, and I got ones that are too big, and she said, oh, you can't get the big ones because they bite the gecko's eyes as they're being what? eaten Jesus. to try to protect themselves. Ah, <laughs> my eye! <laughs> Barbaric! Doctor told me not to have mealworms bite it. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. For a million dollars, could you drink a 12-pack of beer every day for a month without losing your job? Although, you know. I don't know. I don't know how likely that would be. But. Well, I think that's that's thrown in there. And, and the question is, what would your strategy be? Because if you could answer, well, I would just drink all day at work, you know, beer an hour and then a beer an hour at home and stuff. But surely somebody would discover that. So you uh, got to hang on I've, to your job. I've known people who drank at, at work for, for many, many years. <laughs> Seemed to work out fine. Yeah. Yeah. Granted. <laughs> granted. Um, uh, and uh, I, I could I could could have done that easily. I don't know about easy. Easy is overstating it, but I could have done it, especially beers. for a million dollars. If I was going to make it, okay, this is my plan. 
uh, you know, you're not just haphazardly kind of you run into some people at the bar and say, hey, come on over. You know, not that hammered. way, like yeah. planning it. I'm going to do it as early in the day as I can so I can get plenty of sleep and all that sort of stuff. You know, I could cannonball a light beer. Uh, well, we probably got to stipulate what kind of beer it is. Can it be light beer in this scenario? I'm picturing Coors Light, but whatever. Well, it's a girl's beer. Well, <laughs> like the heavier stuff tends not to come in 12. I guess, no, you can get like 12 packs of bottles and stuff of some of the nicer nicer things. Okay, yeah. 12 packs of Budweiser, fine, but not, right, fine. not 12 packs of Guinness. I'm not drinking 12 well, Guinness. Nor beer. some sort of double IPA, right. you know. You just that you'd be so bloated, but I could cannonball a Budweiser in the morning. I think. Well, I don't know. I don't know what other people, eye opener. <laughs> I don't know what other people's drinking uh, situations are like, but <clears throat> I think the volume of liquid would be a bigger problem for most people than the into- how intoxicated they get. But yes, that's a lot of liquid to take in. Yes, for a million dollars. You get I'm home from work five thirty, and you're going to go to bed at what time do normal people go to bed? 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Yeah, probably. She got five, six hours to spread that over. That wouldn't be that big a deal. No, you'd be pretty buzzed up all the time in the evening. But, Sweet. Um, Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my lifestyle prior to this month. Right, yeah, fine. More or less. Exactly. Yeah. And also, they just say keep your job. You don't have to excel at it. You don't have to get promoted. <laughs> right? You're not trying to win any sort of sales contest. I just right. have to not get fired. Right. Well said. Do yeah. enough to get well, by. Well said. And coming from you, Sean, it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> no offense. Uh, so, Why hey, would I here's, take offense? Here's a question for you. Here, this is, see this, I, I'm, I'm kind of off the beer because I would get huge fat. Um, but I do love my wine. What's the general... Is it a five-ounce glass of wine? Is it four. a four-ounce glass of wine? Yeah, is it's pretty small. Same alcohol as a beer. Can somebody Google yeah. that real quick? If, uh, beer, wine, hard liquor equivalents. Because I know it's an ounce and a half of hard liquor generally. Which right? is or, hardly anything. No, it's a light shot. Trust me. You make me a Tangeray and tonic with a single ounce and a half in there, I'm going to say, hey, you forgot the gin. So anyway, but 12 ounces of beer, five ounces of wine, one right. and a half ounces of distilled spirits. So... I would have to have a dozen five-ounce glasses of wine every night. Oh, babe! Now I can now I can relate. You'd be pretty drunk um all evening, every night. You'd have to be a drinker. A dozen. You'd have to be a drinker going into this. You couldn't like I don't really drink. You'd have but to I'm be gonna, a hard drinker. I'm gonna do this. To try to get a million dollars. Man, that's a lot of wine. Whew, that's a lot of wine. Yeah, you'd be drunk. But you get a million dollars at the end of the month. <laughs> you know what happens to alcoholics regularly? People are and uh, there's belief that there's a f- physical something that happens with alcoholics, along with mental and other stuff like that. But what happens? What generally happens to alcoholics is you generally for for most of their drinking career, alcoholics can drink more than other people, and they're just not as affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens to a lot of alcoholics that leads to you can't drink anymore is Something goes wrong with your your gizmo, your meter goes off, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're blasted drunk after two. Sometimes you can drink fifteen and you don't feel anything. Oh, really? Just the ability, huh. to, it just like completely, and it becomes completely unpredictable. I did not know that, and that makes it a lot harder when oh. you when you when for years you know you know exactly where you were after four or five beers. I'm fine. 
I'm not going to get a fight. I'm not going to fall down. I'm not going to anything. But then all of a sudden, that just goes out the window. Wow. And you just have no, it just it doesn't work anymore. So there's uh, a, your a system lo- shot. It's not necessarily a loss of tolerance because it's not every time, but it's, there's just a randomness or. Yeah. Uh, it's so unpredictable. Your regulator just goes yep, off. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then there's the. Uh, well, I don't know. That's kind of a tangent. How about, uh, have you talked to a doctor or anything about your caffeine thing? Because that, that discussion reminds me of your, you were one of the great coffee drinkers I've ever known. And now you just have a glass of caffeine and and it's just too much caffeine, or a glass of coffee, rather. I've had a half a cup of coffee today. Yeah. And I feel pretty jazzed up. Wow. Yeah. Like All of a sudden. I may have had too much. It happened overnight. It's like weird. I can't drink coffee anymore. So I'm sorry. Back to my original question. You asked a doctor about that or anything, or I don't remember if I did or not. I think I think I did. Sudden late life. Well, middle life. No offense. Um, <laughs> and they well, gave caffeine well, sensitivity Joe, transition Joe, syndrome. Flailing at all of us. <laughs> well, I, uh, Joe hits yeah. me with a late life. You're in late life. I am. <laughs> you're you're lazy. He's got a foot in the grave. Hey, Michael. I got some thoughts on you. Come in here. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, but you're late in your coffee drinking life. I All of a sudden. It certainly happens with food, though. Like, you can eat a whole pizza, and you don't gain weight, and you don't feel sick. And then mm. when you get older, you get fat, and you feel awful. So Yeah. Or at least change. you have to make several visits, if you know what I mean. I don't I know, know what you mean. mean. I don't mean to your... Do you mean... <laughs> he said it. I think he does. Listen, you're too talented to work blue. I don't know that I am. <laughs> I think I need the shock value. How about... If I stay this talented and work blue. <laughs> if I do, yeah, mm-hmm. the double whammy. Then it will really make people laugh. Mass anyway. appeal then. Check out the great new swag like the new masks at armstrongandgetty.com. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. What is the problem? I've never seen anything like this. This is when you guys are supposed to cheer. Please clap. Are you serious? Is Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere podcasts are given away because we're stupid. So a uh, study out about uh, waking up and alarms that I found very interesting. No, my wife does what drives the whole family crazy. Uh oh. Kids complain about it all the time. Is the um sets many alarms Ooh. on her phone. Like starting, God, I don't know, forty five minutes before she actually needs to get up. So everybody gets woken up oh forty five minutes earlier than she's going to get up. Oh my so that's just she part sets of her like up. every five minutes yeah. or so. One yeah. of those things. Okay. <laughs> Turn it off, go back to sleep. Oh, boy. Turn it off, back, go to back to sleep. You Which need is thicker a, walls, a common too. routine, common routine, but... Yeah, I kind of have a record. Uh, I mean, a, a, a maximum of two swipes of the, the snooze alarm. Mm. Any more than that seems crazy to me, but anyway. Because at some point, you really are missing out on a lot of, like, solid sleep. Right. You'd be much better off yeah. just sleep until you wake up. I just, I have a psychological negotiation with myself. I have to hit it once on work days. Because I got to talk to myself. All right, look, get up, 
You'd be earlier into the studio, in the station. You'd be more prepared. You'd be more relaxed. You'd do a better radio show. You're not doing yourself a favor by dozing for a few more minutes, all right? So once, you get once. You, I just want a little, couple more minutes. You wouldn't <laughs> think that human beings would need to have this conversation every day of their lives. Yes, no kidding. No kidding. But so this study is really interesting. They're talking about what sort of alarm does the best for yielding immediate alertness or as much alertness as possible. And and you would think something like uh, the sound I made would shock you in wakefulness and you'd oh, all right, let's do it. I'm ready to go. But they found that it is not true. What kind of what sound do you use for an alarm? Because my wife uses the ah, ah, because she's really a deep sleeper. Mm. I'm a light sleeper, so I just have a ding-a-dink, ding-a-dink. For my phone is plenty to wake me up. I've got kind of a pleasant ching, a little uh, chimey thing. Um, I try to keep it quiet so I don't wake my wife wife up if I I can avoid it. Sean, what's your noise? Um... Yeah, that's, that's similar a classic. to mine. Yeah, yeah. Just the yeah. default thing. Yeah, that's part of mine. I keep mine quiet as I've always needed to get up earlier than yeah. whoever I happen to be in the same room with. And uh, so I try to in not ter- wake them up. In terms of waking up the most alert, it's when you forget to set your alarm and you <sighs> wake up about an hour or 10 after you were supposed to. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. oh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, well rested and horrified. Yes. Well, they want to know this at least partly because folks like firefighters or pilots can be in dangerous situations shortly after they wake up. Um, and so, you know, you want to be as alert as possible, as soon as possible. Turns out the, the like loud, harsh, buzzy thing doesn't work nearly as well as music. Huh. I yeah. woke up, when I was like a high schooler, I used to wake up to music on the radio. Me too, always. And I, and I would like to start doing it again. Um, the, the combination of melody and rhythm seems to work best. So let them say your hair's too long. You got to go with that song. No, you don't. Just like Bill Murray. Um, <laughs> But they think different people are going to react differently to different songs and 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 rhythms and speeds and stuff like that. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> that would work for me. <laughs> um, let's see. So uh, you got you just have to try it out. Uh, Michael, we, what do you go with? Oh uh, yeah, the love boat theme. There I, you go. Let's see. We think the harsh beep, beep, beep might work to disrupt or confuse our brain activity when waking, while a more melodic sound like the Beach Boys' Good Vibrations or the Cures Close to Me uh, may help us transition to a waking state in a more effective way. So it has to do with, uh, as opposed to being chucked from point A to point D, you're much better off going through B and C first. The genetics of waking up are so clearly defined by our... uh... Genetics. God or whoever. I mean, you just you just are what you are. I've got one son that's exactly like me. I'm as, as alert two seconds after I wake up as I am in the middle of the day. I just, I just am. And then another son who's just like mom. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it is a long process. And they don't they give me a chance. I don't even know where I am or who I am. For and you probably don't want to get in my way for a while. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm just completely me within seconds of waking up. I've gotten better at this as I've gotten older, realizing that you have some control over your brain chemistry. Um, But I'll often wake up in just a terrible mood. Not so much in the morning, but if I take a nap or something, sometimes I I wake up just unhappy, (laughs) just pissed. and. 
to fight? What's the point of any of this, ass? Who you know? wants to fight? <laughs> well, I don't want to fight anybody. Uh, but but then I've realized, no, wait a minute. You can just go through. What are you happy about? What you you actually have a good life? Blah blah blah. blah. You got a lot to be grateful for. Ah, I feel better now. I don't have to have coffee before I can like function in the morning like my wife can. Yes, Sean. Uh, I was trying to think of my song. I think I'd either go with Hip Hop Mom Spaghetti, the the Eminem one, mm. or there's any number of Queen songs that I think would be awesome to wake up to. Mm. Like a Don't Stop Me Now, just somebody you know. That's why they call me Mister Fahrenheit. You know what I mean? I that's that song's a little. Jeez, uh, <laughs> wow! It's not a good choice, Sean. Keep trying. <laughs> gonna, Keep looking. Wow. Yeah, you know what? I I have an idea. Although, Is this Freddie Mercury slander that I'm hearing? Not slander per se. They had better songs. That one's a little dopey. It's better live. <laughs> Not quite as cute, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I guess you, you can you set your. You'd think I would know this after all these years. Can you set your phone to play you a certain song when it goes off in the morning? Almost certainly, but I've never done that. Is that a thing these days? And I also don't be. know how that changes with. Everybody getting their music from a streaming subscription right. now. Oh, that's true. You'd have to have it. Do you have to have it downloaded yeah, into your? If you have, which if, is no problem. If but... you have the song downloaded, I'm almost certain there's a way to do that. All right, hang on a second. What did people do pre-alarm? Hey, hey Siri, you mouthy. B- how do I play a song for my alarm in the morning? Set the alarm for when. <laughs> Oh, you're no help. I said you're like mouthy. talking to an idiot. I'm. I'm. I should have said stupid. Sorry, I missed that. Could you say it again, please? Yes. Yes, you're an idiot. I hate you. I hate you. I wish you were dead. <laughs> That's not nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, what did they do before alarm clocks? I'm thinking that the the alarm clock's only been around since what the 60s. I don't know. You know, your old timey the flip. Set them thingy. I had one as a kid, and they worked yeah. pretty well. How about they weren't pulling up the little like yeah. button thing? Yeah, that's what the I classic had. you know clock face with the button on top. That but, used to be a job of somebody would go around and knock on your door. That's uh, right. Back in in very old timey towns and stuff. Because um, I know rural settings like my dad grew up in. You went to bed really early, and you woke up. You know, so you woke up earlier. Yeah. Um, but in, in I assume on farms roosters are yeah, involved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But in urban areas, who woke you up to go to work in the forties? It was somebody's job. It was essentially like the when you go to a hotel and you have the, the wake up call thing. They would just mm-hmm. walk around. I've even seen pictures of people with a long stick so they could tap on the second story windows and stuff like that. That no, was no. way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that was like the eighteen forties, not nineteen forties, but we had to get oh, it somehow. Wait a, wait a minute. Why don't I know this? Seems like the sort of thing I know that would have come up in a Book or a movie or something. I'm typing. Somebody else talk. And then the wake-up guy came by in the morning. I've never even heard this before. Did everybody just go to bed early enough? It had some sort of charming name to the job, too. I forget what it was. Jack, an alarm clock is a clock designed to alert an individual or a group of individuals at a specified time. Yeah, I know. I know that. (laughs) Let's see. The ancient Greek philosopher... Plateau was said to possess a large water clock with an unspecified alarm signal similar to the sound of a water organ. He used it at night, possibly for... What? 
It's his signal the beginning of his lectures at dawn. I think mostly through human history, it's probably been people going to bed as soon as it got dark. Wow. The Hellenistic engineer and inventor, unpronounceable, filled his uh, clepsidrus with a dial and pointer for indicating the time and added elaborate alarm systems, which could be made to drop pebbles on a gong or blow trumpets by forcing bell jars down into water and taking the compressed air through a beating reed at preset times. I've known people that blow trumpets the second they wake up. <laughs> that was like 300 years before the birth of Jesus. That's interesting and all, but that's not what most people were doing in urban areas. And uh, Candle clocks, simplistic devices from ancient China, were embedded with nails that were released as the wax melted away, leaving the nails to clatter loudly into a metal tray below at a designated time. Hmm. Now, common usage... Uh, alarm clocks, uh, let's see, it. Yeah, it's not clear to me, but the, the early 20th century, the sort of you pull up the button and it goes off at that time, that was, you know, early 20th century. Okay. First American alarm clock, oh, this was another, well, no, this is a legit alarm clock. It, it could only go off at 4 a.m., but it was invented by Levi Hutchins in New Hampshire. What kind of a clock only can go off at one time? Well, the guy, that's when he wanted to get up and he invented it. Uh-huh. Yell at him, not me. So this actually was going on much more recent than I thought. A knocker-up, sometimes known as a knocker-upper, was a profession in Britain and Ireland that started and lasted... I take that work, as long as I don't got to pay for the kid. Oh, wow, did you guys hear that? Well into the Industrial Revolution, when alarm clocks were neither cheap nor reliable, and as late as 1952. Expensive okay. and unreliable, that's me. <laughs> uh, let's right. see. So what have uh, we the here? French inventor Antoine Redier was the first to patent an adjustable mechanical alarm clock in 1847. I'm going to have to ask my dad There's about your this. answer. I don't think most people were doing that. And I do have one experience in my life when I was working um, uh, nights mostly. I would go to bed, I would sleep roughly eight hours, and I would just wake up on my own feeling great. Mm. And I'll bet that's what most people have done throughout history. Is they just went to bed so early, they woke up in the morning in plenty of time to be up. Yeah. For whatever so. they were going to do. Yeah. Well, and uh, I'm sure that was much better for us than, than interrupting our sleep. Or they just wait for their cock to wake them up. I'm sorry, rooster is the preferred term. <laughs> a knocker-upper would also use a snuffer-outer as a tool oh, to rouse the sleeping. Grim. A snuffer-outer? You put a pillow over their face, and then they really struggle for air. They're it, was a, it was a candle hey, snuffer. Pick it up. Wake up! <laughs> that they would use to extinguish the street lamps back in the day, but it was a long pole, so they would tap on the windows. I thought those with were knickerbockers. No, that was no? a New York basketball team. The best masks I've seen, and they say Armstrong and Getty on them, you can get one at armstrongandgetty.com. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. You mean I personally have to have multiple personalities? No. You need six different personality types to exist in your workplace to have a functioning workplace. Ah. And they're talking about, like, not a super great, ah, I, lo- I love work more than home, or it's like my family. I mean, it's not, you know, Valhalla sort of workplace. It's just... To have a comfortable, I'm okay with this job workplace, you have to have six personalities, apparently. Mm. What well, if you got have... like a four-man shop? I guess you're screwed, huh? You better hire a couple more people. 
You have to have at least one of each of the following six people for anything to work. First of all, the warrior. The warrior is the person who looks down the road and is pretty sure he can <coughs> see trouble coming. Mm, never vigilant. Yeah, I, I, that's funny. This is this is, this this sounds right. You need these six things, like in a marriage, you just come out of two people, right? But uh, yeah, you need somebody who's got to play the role of a warrior. Worries about this stuff. Hey, what somebody, if this happens? Yeah, somebody needs to. We got to be ready. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's good. You know, to my four man shop thing. Obviously, you have a person play a couple of roles. There you go. Uh, you need the like uh, you could play twins. I always like that when people play two roles and they're twins in a movie. That's so entertaining. It's always and not fun. at all jivey and stupid. What, Michael? Um, it's always fun. It is, isn't it? But you also need the don't sweat. Look, in that day, he's got longer hair now. Now he's got the short hair. Oh, the, the goatee. He's, That's he, how you, he's the evil one. Now you can tell. Right. Anyway, I'm, I'm never going to get through my six personalities. <laughs> The other personality you also need, which is not surprising, is you do, you need a don't sweat it person mm-hmm. there to tell everyone, take a deep breath, it's all going to be fine, not a big deal, and here's why. So you need both of those. Yes. Obviously, if you got too much of either one of those, you got a real problem. You need a gas pedal and a brake jack. Wow, that's good. Thanks. Uh, this is where the stirrer comes in. Mm. Stir. I like prefer that. my shaking, not stir. You. <laughs> He's there to put... Uh, everyone on blast. The nice thing about him is that he cares a lot about fairness and maintains a perfectly calibrated BS detector, but has no respect for how long meetings are supposed to be. <laughs> Wait a uh, minute. Uh, everyone loves this dude during a PowerPoint because he's virtually guaranteed to derail it by quibbling with item three of 20, then complain about how useless the meeting was afterwards. <laughs> That's funny. It's um, like everybody in this room. That crap doesn't make sense. So why do you need the stir? Uh, so I think uh, slightly get somebody to say the emperor isn't wearing new clothes. Okay, that makes sense. Are, are we sure what you're saying is true? Are we sure that graphic five shows trending sales? Right, yeah, like, that, I get that. The loyal mm. opposition, as they say in Britain. This is pretty good, too. And I've worked in places that don't have this, particularly when I was younger, and it sucked. You need the party animal. That's devoted to fun at work or afterwards. You need oh, the person. No, 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 no. We need to stamp that out. And I've I've been amazed as at places where they didn't have this. And I'm not. This is not my personality, so I'm not good at it. But you need the and it helps. It's better if it's a woman. You need the person that says Thursday five o'clock drinks at wherever. We're all doing it. You need that person that does that stuff. Happy hour at shenanigans. You want to be there? Super Bowl party this Sunday at my house. That stuff is so valuable. And I don't think management understands that at all. No. <laughs> that role. Oh, my no. God. The places that I worked that had the most cohesion and we all felt like we were in it together and, you know, you'd pick up slack for each other, all had a lot of that going on. 4.30 Friday, every Friday, case of beer, conference room. Loved it. Super productive workplace. Oh, yeah. Man, everybody just knocked it out of the park every single day. Then hooted and hollered and laughed every Friday, and usually we go out after that. And your stupid current manager would think you'll have sexual harassment, and people will be driving drunk. All right. Well, you know, it worked for like 200 years fine. Well, it worked like better than anything's ever worked in history. Yeah, I worked at one radio station. This was one of the top radio stations uh, in Kansas City at the time. Q104. Man, it was the hot radio station. And uh, it was regular like that on Friday in the afternoon. Beer would come out. And that place made crazy money. Um, the beer would come out and people, they just 
yeah, you need that, but you don't have that anymore. And that's why uh, work is drudgery, and you, you don't know the people you work with, so you See, assume you hate them, and then... And, and, you can't wait until it's over so you can just die. It seems like <laughs> de-stressors or decompressors were almost kind of included in the work experience before I got into it, where I, <laughs> right. I, I have to seek those things outside of the work boundaries. Right. But there, I, I can absolutely understand the value of having just those pressure release valves in that same building where the pressure is built up in. Well, and right. And the other thing is you realize, wow, that guy's actually pretty cool. Right. I like him. I really is maybe his job and mine we butt heads a little bit, but he's a good dude or a good gal or whatever and or maybe you realize, you know, I don't really like him, but the, the, you know what? They're a pretty good person. God, that's some of my favorite places at so many so many different uh jobs I had um where where that sort of thing was going on. It was just freaking awesome. But it's gone away in the modern era with uh HR and all that sort of stuff. And then and, need, and freaking lawsuits and lawsuits, right? As always, it gets back to the lawyers and then hit that snail drinker that we learned about the other right, day from nineteen twenty eight. Chick got a little uh, snail in her ginger beer. Oh, uh, boy. Um, and then the, finally, this don't forget the humble stoner. She pops <laughs> her head up to prove to you she's there and that she's absolutely not been listening. Huh? What? It is the stoner, <laughs> not the party animal, who reminds us all that life exists outside the office. She is the portal out. She is oxygen. Her function in the group is roughly the same as that of the space bar on a keyboard. That's interesting. <laughs> I'm not so, sure I'm following that I'm not sure I'm following one. that either. So it's the idea that it's... Hey, relax, man. Just, like, <laughs> think if the dude was at your office. Like, yeah, yeah, he's probably not that productive. Yeah. Doesn't but, give a crap. But he serves some sort of value of, hey, look, that guy, you know what? He's probably got it all figured out. <laughs> I don't know, but the, that's the six personality types you need to have a functioning uh, workplace. If you don't have them, get them. By Monday, close of business. You do need all, if you've got a whole bunch of hair on fire, everything's a crisis, but nobody that's going to say, this is fine. We had this a year ago and everything was fine. Right. If you don't have that person or the reverse, right. it's it's pretty it's pretty rough. I've been in those situations myself. Michael's our party animal, of course. That's right. Check out the great new swag like the new masks at armstrongandgetty.com. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty.